welcome to episode 164 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybok, and joining me this evening are our co-hosts, Spirit and Evie. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? Uh, good. I'm really... My hype levels are actually off the charts, despite me not, like, sounding like that. They are. I can promise you. I The multi-guild chat hit me again this week, and I this expansion cannot release fast enough, really. Yeah. Uh, how about yourself, Evie? How are you doing? Oh my foot. Yeah, okay. he's the personification of my <laughs> feelings about the game. Basically. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Um, is there any topic? Wait, wait, wait. Actually, no. I want to start somewhere that's podcast centric, if that's okay. Um, but I wanted to make sure to say it right at the beginning because I know not everybody listens through to the end because sometimes I ramble on a lot. That's okay. Um. We have a really exciting thing starting this week, which is that we're opening a Redbubble store. Currently, there's a couple... You can get red face fires and red face fires with text and white face fires and white face fires with text. Um, basically, that's just it. It's just our logo and Relics of Ore on it. Um, I'm planning on expanding to... I've got some of my own designs in the works, specifically centered around Raid Moms and some Heart of Thorns themed things they've got mugs they've got t-shirts kind of the standard stuff but they've also got some really uh crazy things uh if you want to get a duvet cover with relics of our logos all over it you totally can uh if you do please send us a picture actually if you get anything please send us a picture i would love to see uh action shots pe- yeah and what you guys action shots of a duvet cover yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want those, but anyway. Relics of War After Hours. <laughs> Advertising now. Adults yeah, only. Yeah, so when you, when you buy these things, whatever you decide to buy, uh, most of the money goes towards actually making the object. That's what Redbubble does. Uh, but 20% of the item we would normally get, but we don't need money. Like, seriously, we don't need any any upkeep costs or anything um this is something we do as a hobby our our costs are totally minimal and barely anything at all um so what we're doing with the extra money is we're actually donating it to charity and uh the charity we've chosen is able gamer and as soon as i pull up their website which i forgot to do beforehand uh, so Able Gamers is basically a, a charity that works towards making games more accessible for people with disabilities, um, colorblindness, things like that. They're, they're very, they advocate um, very strongly for, for people with disabilities and just try to make games overall much more accessible. Um, so that's where the extra money is going. We might throw a little bit to the artists because we did not make the Facefire logo. Um, but the so the money you put into it is going good places, uh, just not to us. Uh, if you really like us and you want to do something that benefits us, seriously, the best thing to do is like leave us a comment or just say how much you like the show, write us a note, something like that. That's really all we need from you guys. Uh, whoa, whoa. If you really want to support Speak us, for yourself here. No, <laughs> <laughs> Tell your no. friends. <laughs> yeah. So there's only there's only a few designs up right now. If you wait like a week or so. Um, before you go out and look at them, there'll be a few more, and hopefully by the end of the month, I want to have a big, uh, not a huge, but like quite a large selection of things uh, for you to choose from. Guild Wars 2-centric, Relics of War-centric, and um, also the podcast and the guild. I want to make some some things with a nice nod towards our robots. But that's, yeah, that's all I had to say. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that that was available. The website will be in our our show notes, as usual, uh, if you go to Redbubble and type in Relics of War, you'll find it that way, too. Also, expect something about wet bus tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that's exciting. That's the exciting stuff that we've been wanting to talk about for two weeks, but then reality made it delay, so good to get that out of the way. Um, actually, this is the first I heard that it was finished, so hooray. Um... So, is there any topic specifically that you guys want to jump into? We have a beta to talk about with the opportunity to test balance changes and or several new specializations, and all the guild hall stuff from last week. What um, is there not to talk about? <laughs> yeah, Spirit, let's, pick something. Oh, uh, yeah, go ahead, Spirit. I'm sorry, somebody just, I just saw that somebody got a world first raid kill, and I was looking at that, I'm sorry. 
So let's talk about raids first. Okay, go. I wasn't prepared. I didn't get to do the raids because they were down this weekend. We planned a time and they were down and then they were up and then they were down and then they were going to be canceled for the weekend and then they were up and then they were down. And I just never got to get into it. But I love the new enhanced squad UI. I use, I played around with that a little bit, even though it wasn't in a raid. Oh, and I do have to say, I was going to... I saw a lot of people talking about the raid and people were going, too easy for me, argh, and like just being generally really snotty about it. Um, the problem is, if you beat any of the first three mobs, they are quite literally trash mobs. So... Good for you if you killed them. Uh, you cleared the trash before the boss. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the world first boss kill just happened, like as we were recording this. At 7.15 PST Sunday evening for timestamp purposes. Yeah. yeah. So the the first boss took a, more than a day to kill the introductory boss of the first raid, which is probably easier than the other ones. Just saying. Well, a day with limited access but, but that's true i did go inside the raid without any other people just to see what was up and test out just how dodgy a daredevil can dodge so that was an interesting experience um yeah i thought that trash was a boss too when i first saw it but it's kind of ingenious because the way they've set it up you do these trash mobs, which I don't know if... They're not really trash, they're more like mini-bosses. There, mini-bosses. And oh, they that. introduce the mechanics to the actual boss. So if you actually get through the mini-bosses, when you get to the boss, you have some idea of what is going to happen when you first fight it. So it's kind of like in that living story chapter uh, when you go to Glint's Crystal where you like do the three like sort of sub-bosses and each of them introduces a different mechanic and then you have to kind of use all of those mechanics combined on in the last the boss. Fight. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I have a feeling that they're going to follow that model with the like, next wings going forward. And, I like, think that's very... And all that. I think it's very smart. Um, that's, that's a good way of teaching, you know? Like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, do we, like, so it sounds like none of us really got to raid due to time constraints and or other um, things. Was there anything you guys wanted to specifically talk about in the raids that you read on Reddit or anything like that? Or is that going to just be one of those ones that we just sort of say wait and see because we didn't get a chance to do it? Uh, the I want to address the whole, like, berserker thing. Because... Mm -hmm. I have friends that went in as a complete circle group, and they didn't do half bad, mm -hmm. considering they didn't know what they were doing. So, the fact that they got a boss to 20% before dying the first time, and then started hitting um, enraged timers, it, it shows that it is very much possible, but that is only the first boss. So, yeah. It's hard to say. Uh, and I guess that sort of pipes into um, sort of a segue about the druid, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to talk about specifically with raids. Uh, there was some kerfuffle earlier this week because it was said on Twitter, bearing in mind that Twitter has 140 characters and you can't say everything you want to say, that God, do need... I know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of, it was Crystal Reed. Um, who's the lead? I don't want to say lead. I think she leads the team. I'm pretty sure she does. Crystal Raid. Uh, but yeah, she's certainly been the most public face of the raid team so far. Uh, said on Twitter that you could do the first couple bosses in a mix of exotic and ascended, but by the time you get to the last boss, you um, ascended. You would need ascended gear. I think is what the first tweet said. And later they clarified it that it's just a recommendation. You don't need Ascended Gear to beat the bosses, but it is balanced around Ascended Gear, mm -hmm. which is... It was a huge thing when it happened, but I think now we're all past that, right? Just so you know that you don't need Ascended Gear to beat the last boss. Yeah. It's uh, not like they're adding Agony into the raids or some other arbitrary gear gate mechanic. Yeah, and if you can't get Ascended Gear, but your friends have Ascended Gear, it's probably fine, because you've got nine other people to help you through. Yeah. And you will get Ascended Gear doing the raid. 
That too. Yeah. You can change Hope- the stats on it. Hopefully, by the time you get to the last boss, you'll have a decent amount. Or you can be Eevee and get to Illidan with a cloak from Karazhan. I feel that on a tarot level. But that's a different game. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. I've never played WoW. Yeah. Um, yeah, it... I mean... I don't want to say this whole thing has been funny. Because it isn't really funny. There's a lot of passionate people and opinions out there about all this stuff. But... I mean, it's pretty much exactly what I said, you know, three years ago when they introduced Ascended, which was if they ever want to do extremely challenging content, that it's going to balance around it. They're going to have to balance it around the new tier of gear. And, you know, at the time, like everybody that didn't, everybody that wanted to grind for more stats was like, no, Ascended will never be mandatory. And it was just like, well, then you're never going to get super hard challenging content unless they do that. So here we are and now it's coming out and there's a lot of people that are upset that it's balanced around ascended and it's like you know that's all the people that said ascended wasn't that important all that like all that time ago it's like well you know anyway it really ultimately will boil down to how accessible ascended is in the expansion yeah because it looks so far that if people want to take raiding seriously, they're going to need multiple sets of it. Yeah, that, exactly. And I remember saying specifically that in one of the earlier episodes about like if they if they truly do want to break up the Zerker meta, and we're talking about stuff that requires ascended gear basically to complete with any reasonability, then what's going to happen when all of your ascended gear like you need to change its stats or whatever? And yes, you can you know, pay to change its stats with the, um, you know, Mystic Forge plus the Insignia, but that's not... You lose runes when you do that. Yeah, well, do you lose the runes? I'm pretty sure you do, because... Yeah, you lose any upgrades that are in it when you change the stats, because even uh, infusions... Yeah, so that gets expensive real fast, even though it's not full Ascended gear expensive, like, that's still pretty... Anyway, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully this will be a good way to get ascended armor and weapons like if you can complete it so um, yeah the yeah the other thing that was also kind of a big not i don't want to say a big controversy i think a lot of people really excited about it but i just kind of went oh i don't know how that's gonna work in practice um is the fact that it came out that you can't res players once they're dead dead in a raid so while you're fighting the boss um you know your berserker guardian since that's what i was doing a lot in a raw today uh, goes down, and if you don't res them while they're in the down state and they get defeated, they are out of the fight for the rest of the fight, and res orbs are disabled. Yeah. Um, Which, thank God was... for that, at least. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's definitely a... Yeah, I wouldn't want that any other way. But I see... Basically, it boils down to this. I see pluses and minuses to it. Um, I understand that people want harder content. I don't like the idea that we're getting there by circumventing a game mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, you should be able to res because the cost of switching four or five people off the boss or whatever mechanic they're doing for enough time to res a person should be enough of a punishment, especially mm-hmm. because those people are also at risk of dying while they're not doing whatever they're supposed to be doing. And there are enraged timers now. Yeah, so I mean, even on a timer. Yeah, so that, to me, seems like enough of a punishment, especially if the player that goes down need is uh, some vital role. For example, like if you need Condi for Phase 3 and your Condi player is dead, well then, you're just asking the rest of the group to wipe because the Condi player screwed up once in the beginning. And I know, I feel... Like, this is going to bite me in the butt, personally. Um, because I am one of those players with high latency, and even when I'm on my game, thing is gonna, things are going to happen and I'm going to go down. Um, and I'm also uh, tending to be leading a raid, and so I'm also going to be the person asking people to wipe it up when someone goes down, even though uh, everybody else might be doing okay, maybe? I don't know. But like I said, I wish I had more 
like better feedback about this because I wish I had gotten into the raid this weekend. I thought I would have at this point since we made plans and it just didn't work out that way. So I can't say with certainty that this is like, this is awful. I just think that I don't want to see a situation where we go forward and we're ignoring game mechanics to make it harder. Just like, I mean, this is just like um, projectiles that aren't projectiles to me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. sure, it's harder because you can't instantly reflect and kill the boss, but it's also you're teaching me opposite things. You're teaching me I can reflect. You're teaching me sometimes it just won't work and bite me in the butt. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Tara had a really cool system. I I just Sorry, I just want to talk really quick. Tara had a really cool system for raids where, or also dungeons, endgame things. Or maybe, no, I think they're in the mid-game dungeons too. Tara had a system where if you had a player in your party uh, that had been in there less than 10 times, there would be a timer. So like at two minutes four minutes and six minutes into the fight, um, it would just res everybody up if they were down. Um, so you could have, like, bad players wiping. I'd just keep going without them. And if you managed to hold out until that certain time, it would be, like, they would be resed. But after that time, that, like, after that last one, there was always three of them. After that last one, you were on your own. And usually by that point, the boss was in range. So there was still a very, very real chance of failing. But it kind of cushioned that blow for learning. And I don't know that we need that for Guild Wars 2. Um, but I just thought it was a really cool system, and I couldn't find it written about anywhere because nothing about Terra is documented ever. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Um, on the subject of projectiles, I have noticed that they've used less and less actual projectiles in big fights since they've made that big change. Like oh, yeah. And stuff like that. No, I agree. Like, they, there are still things that can be reflected, and reflecting is still a key moment. It's just not as brokenly overpowered as it used to be because they they've learned what players will try to do like the thought process of players and how um we'll try to beat a fight uh and just what we're capable of essentially which they didn't know really when the game launched and so we had a bunch of bosses that were really easy to destroy with projectiles and sometimes with the number of bosses and the available dev resources, the best thing to do was to make them non-reflectable, even though they were still projectiles. Um, I don't think it was what they wanted to do. I think it's just reality of game development. And certainly going forward, since that point, they've been much better about it. If it looks like a projectile, it can be reflected. So I'm I'm not terribly worried, and I don't think I'll be terribly heartbroken if they keep it this way. I just think it's disappointing compared to what it could be. Yeah. I mean, there is one question to ask, which obviously none of us have the answer to, uh, is which is that, you know, if somebody's down, and like you said, there is the opportunity cost of going and resing them, like, are raids going to be so tight that you can't win any? Like, you wouldn't have been able to win anyway? Because if the answer is yes, then just saying you can't even try to res somebody... Like, to, I don't know. Like, that if, means that there's know. going to be a very specific group comp. And That's true too. That's true too. Yes, because the disparity of damage between the different classes is very real. Yeah, that's true. So if it's that tightly tuned, I want to know what that optimal group comp is ahead of time, so I cannot waste my time. Yeah, that's a good point too. Um. Which sort of segues into talking about what I was starting to say earlier when we were talking about the quote-unquote breaking the breaking the Zerker meta or whatever. Um, I mean, thus far, it seems like that's not been proven yet, but again, we've only gotten to the first and easiest boss of the raid, and by we, I mean the community, um, and only partway through the first zone of the expansion, so we really have no way of knowing like what the end stuff is going to be like, but... I played, I pretty much only played the Druid during this beta because it was sort of like one of the most different things that they've introduced, I feel like, because dedicated healer is just not something that really is in Guild Wars, and the, it seems like the Ventari tablet is, was not, was not living up to that potential necessarily, at least from initial experiences, and so I wanted to see how the Druid felt, because it also felt like it was very much in that kind of a role, and holy Moses, does that thing heal a buttload? Like, <laughs> like so, it's it's an absurd amount of healing. Like, actually ridiculous. It's um, going to get nerfed because of PvP. Yeah, 
Yeah, I... But so, like, that's the thing, is, like, the... That... It is just way too obscene for you to be. Yeah, well, and that... That frustrates the crap out of me, like, if that happens. If they, if they nerf the PvE version because of that to the point where, like, its heals aren't crazy good, then there's really no point to take that over any other class that offers, like, uh, passive, you know, passive damage reduction or heals, because, I don't, I don't know, but it heals a lot, and if that is, if that level of healing is what they are expecting you to have access to and to be useful, like, that... Then it's going to be required. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know, it's, uh, healing is such a tricky, a tricky topic to balance around, because, I mean, yeah, like you said, like, if it, if it's enough to warrant losing the DPS and is enough to, like, be impactful, then it's almost impossible to balance around not having it, because, like, the whole point is that it's incredibly impactful in its own completely different vector. There's, there's several situations. One, it can be a case of you lose too much damage and the healing won't really let you do much to compensate for it. Mm-hmm. Because druid damage is not that great. Although it it was like, uh, well, so I was running it in Celestial and it was okay. It wasn't super spiky, but it was it was okay, I felt like. But anyway, continue. Um, so there's that situation where people would be like, oh, druid, meh. Then there's the, the heals are necessary, and then that means that every raid is going to have at least one druid. If not, they're not going to be able to succeed, which is a huge problem in and of itself. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I guess part of the... There is the potential balance factor, because they don't have access to things like um, granting quickness to the party and... Uh, mm, reflects mm. and stuff like they do have that like destroyer of projectiles that turns them into heals, but that's not a reflect. So it could be balanced around the idea that like the amount of healing and other passive benefits, because they don't really seem to give out any boons either. Um, like the amount of the amount of boon benefits and healing that elementalists and guardians can put out while simultaneously contributing more damage and like reflecty stuff might mean that like you could replace one of them with a druid if you wanted, and it would be sort of... I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Which goes into my next scenario, which is that healing is required, but at a level that, say, Ventari, or an Elementalist, or even Venom Share Thief mm-hmm. can assist with if there are one or two of them, rather than a druid. Right. Yeah. Because those... It's a lot of small healing, but they also have a lot of boons. Right, right. Yeah, it's... So uh, it's it's going to be a very fine balancing act. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Um, it, I mean, I was having a blast playing it in PvE. Uh, I didn't touch PvP at all this weekend, uh, which I hardly ever do. But um, why don't you guys, you guys want to talk about PvP in terms of with the new classes and all that stuff? Any because the raids weren't really a thing and I didn't get a chance to do them, that's pretty much all I did. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't want to, like, exhaust myself on the map and all that. Um, so, Spirit, you can go ahead. Uh, honestly, I didn't run into a lot of specializations this week, even though I played a lot of Stronghold. Um, they have a nice new, shiny new icon. It's Stronghold is getting really polished, and it was already good, and it's just getting... Like a lot of little features that I didn't expect or are, are just kind of nice but weren't necessary, and so I think that's really cool. It's nice to see that getting a lot of love. Um, like one of the things they did is you could get uh, some of these that directed you to the gem store, but not all of them. So I'm not sure what the acquisition is, but you can get alternate skins for each of your heroes. Um, so you can get like Tariosa in four different armor sets, <laughs> and Nika and. The other one, so yeah, they're mixed sets. Some of them are in game, some of them are gem store sets. None of them are anything we hadn't seen before, but I, just a neat little extra thing. Side and, note, uh, if I may, if yep, I ever see Nika in armor that is not the underboob armor, I will be very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of actually playing, I didn't see a lot of specializations. I didn't run into any scrappers. 
Um, we ran into a few druids. They tended to either really not know what they were doing to the point where we could just kind of steamroll them by accident. <laughs> it just wasn't um, very good if they didn't know what they were doing. But if they did know what they were doing, they were really hard to kill. There was um, one druid that kind of knew what he was doing, running around with a fern hound. And, like, because he was in a team fight, we literally had no choice but to run away. Because we were not going to be able to kill anyone with him around. And you, yeah, we you never, can't focus them down. Yeah, we never ran into anyone like that. The, the druids we caught were kind of usually by themselves. Uh, we had a couple decently sustaining druids like that, but I never really got to see them in a fight altogether. They also, I never, um, I was running a, not a berserker, a marauder's ranger, I think. I was running a, one of those sniper longbow ranger builds, and, uh, I was very conscious of the fact that they could have put down a wall and healed themselves, but none of them seemed to, so I'm not sure how strong that was either. Um, I actually saw one put down that wall right before a berserker did a kill shot combo in berserker mode. And his team was about to die, and they were no longer about to die. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. It's it's very clutch. However, a, a move like that takes an intense amount of, like, good reaction. So that particular part of it, I think, is actually good. Um, the other bits of sustain with, like, the auto-attack and that wisp that floats around the target and does horrible things and great things at the same time. And there's that much. trait that makes it so that whenever you heal somebody, you get one, too. You, <sighs> like, double down on it. Because that's what I was running all weekend, was just, like, I have a wisp, I put a wisp on whatever's, like, there, and then you just stand there and you heal everything with your lasers and double wisps, and then, like, I hardly even had to use the celestial form, and when I did, like, the channel water i believe it's a water field the like channel field around you that has a, the heals those healing for like a thousand per tick on everybody and is a field like and your auto being an aoe like seven eight hundred heal was like it's that's so much healing yeah christian i i didn't really play jared this weekend but christian loaded one up and was playing around with it he turned and laughed at me because he was he pointed out the trait where you remove 13 conditions where you go into celestial form. He was like, what's the point even? You're just not going to have conditions. Because yeah. that's how many conditions there are. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, you remove all of them. There you go. And whenever they release a new condition that like is the opposite of resistance, I don't know, then... They'll have to make it 14. <laughs> or that'll be the only way to make sure that one condition gets through on a druid when they go into celestial form. To just have them all and that 14th one. <laughs> also, I was worried about being able to charge up the celestial form, but holy crap. I mean, it, it was charges I, really quick. Yeah, like I had it back in like three to five seconds. Like, I mean. Oh, wow. Yeah, like it's done. Like, and I was hardly even using it because I didn't even need it. Like, I had so much healing that I didn't even need it, and then when we did need it, it was just like, well, and, and part of that's because of the double wisp thing. You know, it's like double wisp, every time you heal somebody, you get stuff back, and your auto attack's healing, so you've got, like, three effects that are healing multiple people all at once, all the time, and, like, it just, I mean, if you're not using a staff, then yeah, maybe you're gonna have some problems, but good lord, like, it, <laughs> it's crazy. That's another thing, yeah, that's another thing that makes me want to play World View World more. Because that, that is where I can see that really being useful and really making a difference in your your party, mm -hmm. um, is in World v. World. Oh, man. Uh, uh, I will say, and this is to go off my experience, now that Spirit said her thing, you didn't see that many specializations being PvP. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Every match had at least a Scrapper in it, and probably a Chronomancer. Uh, my friends and I ended up getting so fed up with it that we were all just like, okay, we need to come up with the most trolly group possible and just run with it. So we went with two druids, a scrapper, a chronomancer, and a daredevil. And basically did not ever die. We just stayed as a group and just steamrolled the map. Because, I like, the sustain... 
of that with the CC from Scrapper and Chronomancer, and Chronomancer has sustained too. So, yeah. It's... I'm very interested in seeing how PvP turns out when the meta is developing after launch. Because there's a lot more contrast between build now. Yeah. And I, I will not be surprised if, at least for a little while, the like OP group comp is very, very sustaining. Yeah. Like that whole four Ellie's and a and a thing and a thief, we we might be seeing like four healers and a tank. I would love or it if three poison, healers and tanks. I would love it if poison became more relevant because of that, because poison lowers your healing. And yeah. Like those things do have a lot of ways to cleanse conditions, but some classes have pretty good access to poison. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because the one time, uh, we had any amount of issue, not that we actually died, was when we went against a conditioned daredevil that was using the new poison stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it still was not enough to actually, like, do anything to us as far as, like, hamper our ability to win. But we actually had to think about what we were doing a little bit. But like, oh, hey, that daredevil that's twirling around with his daggers all the time. Yeah. Well, and, and part of that might be coordinated team versus uncoordinated team like it may have made a, a bigger difference if the rest of their team was as coordinated as you guys probably to be. um but yeah that's yeah this is very interesting like the stark difference between oh let's just run like Condi zerker and celestial uh scrapper with a marauder daredevil and a druid to let's build the most sustainable thing possible like it yeah. was night and day. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's yeah. Um, did you did either of you play a scrapper? I did very briefly. By very briefly, I mean a few hours. Um, I I <laughs> why do I love it so much? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh my god, it's very meaty. Um, it's what I wanted from the engineer at launch. The Kairos leave a little to be desired in terms of AI, <laughs> but, big but, and I cannot lie, the tool belt skills from the Gyros make up for that kind of wonky AI that they have. Because um, when you first use them, well, depending on the Gyro, some of them are actually just great as is. Um, Medic Gyro, as an example, when you first use it, it'll do its healing to you, as you would expect it to. But then it just kind of whoop whoop whoops in its own little direction and does its thing. I've actually like summoned the Medic Gyro when I just needed a little bit of healing, but a friend of mine needed a ton more, and it ran off and healed an archer. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the chill build skill for it, though, however, is really nice, because that's, like, AoE protection that is constant while it's up. So, yeah. Yes, please. The other gyros, um, the utilities, I was not a fan of the purge gyro. It was just super unreliable, again, because of AI. And the tool build skill was actually the one of the skills that I didn't like. It's just a poison cloud. So, like, support skill with a poison cloud skill. I'm like, whatever. That was the one that wasn't on my bar. Everything else pretty much was at some point. Um, Sneak Gyro, I can see being very clutch in PP. Um, especially in Conquest. Even Stronghold to some extent, if they're using, like, Nika. Um, and Wolfie World. In PvE, it kind of goes against what the Scrapper is kind of doing. It's a very tanky thing. Um, it doesn't really have a ton of team support. I mean, on paper, it kind of does, because Medic Gyro and the Purge Gyro, but they're not very effective, so it doesn't really have anything. So, I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Sneak Gyro, mm -hmm. but 
it, it's kind of too late to change it. Like, they changed rebound, so... Uh, uh, as far as the hammer goes, it's, like, if Necro Greatsword was in the state Rapper Hammer was at when they, like, first announced it, people would have screamed that up for, of the salvation of Necros. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's great. It's very... It has a great mix of offensive and defensive and knowing when to use each particular school uh school skill things that i with two o's for some reason whatever knowing when to use each particular skill is like so satisfying like going against a chronomancer for an example seeing that continuum shift go, go down and using your hammerlock right as that big spike is about to happen is so incredibly satisfying. It's just like, oh, you just blew all your cooldowns. And now they did nothing. And then as soon as he goes back, you're just like set up for a stun. Guess what? You can't use the cooldowns you just got back. It's just, it's an amazing, amazing PvP uh, specialization. And I can see it being very useful in raids as a frontliner uh, tanky class. So, yes, I'm very happy with the Scrapper. And my poor level 30-ish Char Engineer needs to be leveled very quickly. Do you uh, have many tomes sitting around? I have just enough tomes right now to get a Revenant to level 80. Because I've been using them to do weekly keys. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I think overall our impressions of the two specializations that are new to this beta uh, are very positive. Um, that's Absolutely. good. Wanna... Oh yeah, also retroactively, I played it, uh, the thing I did spend the most time on this weekend was Berserker, and I absolutely love it. So yeah. I, was, I didn't know if I would like it, but I'm totally sold on it now. What kind of build were you running? Just a Berserker Berserker. Uh, my Berserker is actually named Zerk Zerk. No, I mean, like, what kind of skills and which weapons? Oh, um, it was a mixture of rage skills and physical skills and greatsword rifle with um, berserker and phalanx strength. The the zerker I ran was actually a rampager with sword porch and longbow with mostly rage skills and for great justice. So lots of burn all the time mobile fire field on my body all over my body very happy <laughs> such burning burning <laughs> all over the place um <laughs> uh was it last night in a raw we were doing yeah. shoga shoggy basically and it at one point i had like five minutes of burning on me because of someone using the whiskey that was improper and it still felt right <laughs> I mean, when it when it when it's correct, it just it feels correct. Uh, that is to say, I did not play that mainly throughout the entire weekend. I actually played Daredevil the most, and I'm very happy with the changes that they've made. The dodges feel much more fluid. Um, I can't wait to see the leap dodge actually function when you go through a field instead of just landing in it. Because um, my plan build for Daredevil going into Heart of Thorns is going to be Sword Pistol. Um, Though, there was a brief time where I seriously considered maining Staff because Vault is just so amazing. And the Norn animation is Thief Copter. (laughs) Just, it might might happen. I might have to replace my shortbow with a staff. That is heresy. But, (laughs) I mean... mm. Uh, as far as what I did in the raid, because I did that with the Daredevil, I managed to solo one of the trash mobs with the Daredevil using a uh, Knight's gear set uh, and then a Berserker gear set. Mm-hmm. So, very dodgy, much evade, very happy. Wow. There's actually a video out there, and I wish I had made a video, of a Daredevil soloing Lupicus. He does it in, like, less than five minutes and barely gets hit. So, yeah. It's 
It's amazing. If you are a good thief, basically, that doesn't go down all the time, you will be an amazing Daredevil. Of all of the specializations, I think the Daredevil is the only other one other than Chronomancer that feels like an upgrade to the base class, rather than something different. Well, it is something different if you're used to playing Stealth Thief, but I preferred Sword Pistol, so it's just more of what I like. Mm-hmm. So you guys want to talk about guild halls and other guild functionality things? Yes! Spirit, I know you're really excited to talk about that. Go ahead. Mm. Uh, uh, the multi-guild chat, first of all, uh, which I had not forgotten about, but forgotten how important it was to me and like it just hadn't sunk in how close that was and how feasible uh that was now i can um, not pay attention so to five chats yeah but it's i mean <laughs> for people who do it's so good because we have so many people who don't rep and i don't want to like tell them to rep but it's really hard to run a community if you don't want like if you don't ask people to rep which is why there are so many rep guilds because mm-hmm. it's part of like having people there is part of being able to run a good community so i'm so happy for those of us who uh don't make people rep that we have that option now um people can still be involved in our guild i can still be involved in twit and mock and other guilds that i want to be in without uh having to give up what i do for relics and that so so good i can't wait um on the topic of multi-guild chat i'm actually really happy for it because we'll see a rise in more um, guilds for like a specific purpose. Like I know there's yep. one for farming giants. I think. Um, yeah. I'm I'm not in it, but like I have to imagine that most people don't usually rep that because they're repping their main guild, so they probably lose a lot of opportunity because of that. But now that's not so much a thing, and there's also like you can make guilds for events. That's another one. Like, I would not be opposed to making a guild just for Pink Day in LA or something like that, just to have that unified guild channel. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll see more like-minded community members like making guilds for a singular purpose instead of just this guild needs to do everything all the time. Yeah. I am excited about the prospect of being able to have a World v. World guild and not worry about repping it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, the other thing that made me really excited is, first of all, we got confirmation that you can make jumping puzzles out of stuff in your guild decorations, which is great. Um, and they, the stream was, was cool. They were building a jumping puzzle uh, by stacking... You can stack decorations on top of other decorations, and then if you're ca- careful about deleting what's underneath, you can levitate whatever's on top of it, which is perfect. I think it ca- they said they came in at a... I'm so excited, I can't even talk. <laughs> they said it came in as a bug, but they looked at it and they said, this is awesome, we're not removing that. <laughs> so that's... Yeah, I'm really excited for that. The other thing that made me laugh was uh, they said basically... There's not a feature that lets you remove all decorations from the hall yet, or at least right now. Uh, So if you have someone (laughs) who takes all of your baskets and puts them in, like, one random corner of the guild hall and you can't find them, there's nothing you can do about that right now. And Colin was like, well, maybe you shouldn't invite trolls into your guild. And I was like, no, Colin, listen. Uh, Not that you can, because I'm watching this as a video on Twitch and you can't listen to me. But that's probably like 90% of my guild okay it's not I love them to death but they are going to do stupid stuff with my guild decorations I know it and I am ready for it um, it is but my yeah, I life's <laughs> purpose once I get through the story in Heart of Thorns maybe even before that I have to make a jumping puzzle out of balloons yeah uh, I, I I know Eric is out there screaming somewhere about all of the sky stuff that we found out this weekend all the different kinds of decorations and being able to make jumping puzzles i'm so excited for that it'll be it'll be a really nice i like their philosophy about it too they said you know this is your instance for your guild um we're going to let to make it a very sandboxy area which is really in contrast to anything we've seen so far in guild wars 2 and let your your guild decide what they want that area to be 
So I know Hunter was saying something about we could make a ring of things around the waypoint if people can't get out, or you have to do a jumping puzzle to get out. And we were talking about building statues made out of baskets so we can have a wicker man. I just can't wait to see what the robots come up with because we have some wonderfully crazy people in our guild. I need to make this balloon jumping puzzle only for to be done by people that have leaps, like Vault. Ugh. <laughs> I need to make it just like Hunter said, with right at the waypoint. And if you want to be able to get into the guild hall, you have to do this jumping puzzle, and oh. you need to have a leap. <laughs> um, yes. What was I gonna? I had a follow-up point, but I don't remember what it was now. I got really upset about the prospect of needing to have a leap skill to complete a jumping puzzle. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, Arena Net. If you want to make some money, I'm just gonna highly recommend that you put a Super Adventure Box Guild Hall decoration pack in the gem store, because uh, I'll buy the ever living crap out of that so With fast. With the Your head traps spin. from Tribulation Mode. Yep. <laughs> and if you have an infinite continue coin, you get a twenty percent discount. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, uh, do you guys have thoughts either direction on which, uh, have we, how much have we seen of the, I only watched the one live stream, sorry, I should finish an entire sentence. I only watched the, the one stream with the cliffside sort of, uh, guild hall, uh, and Spirit looked like she was shopping around some pictures of, uh, the other one. Do, have we, did, was there a stream on the, um, on the second guild hall? The, not this week, the previous guild week, they did a... And from memory, I think they went to certain locations in the guild hall, but this one was a much more comprehensive tour where they they ran all around uh-huh. and showed you it from a lot of different angles and on the multiple levels because the, the Lost Precipice is a very very vertical map. Um, they haven't gone that in depth with the Gilded Hollow, but if you want to see that, it's the Points of Interest episode from back when they first announced guild halls and that's all if you want to see basically all the available information right now the best place to go is the heart of thorns website and click on the guild hall section and then journey deeper and at the end i mean there's there's stuff on there that that shows pictures from both guild halls but towards the end there's a a compilation of all the links of all the official uh, all the official information that arena net has put out about guild halls and that's where I got most of my screenshots from. Some of it is on the wiki as well. That's another good place to look for information about it. Um, but we we didn't get really an in-depth tour of the Golden Guild Hall, just the Lost Precipice one, to my knowledge. Gotcha. So I, I have a feeling there's going to be two types of guilds. There's going to be the ones that take Gilded Hollow because it looks pretty and they can like make mazes and stuff in it. And then there's going to be the ones that like cliff diving and go to the other one. Yeah. So where do each of you stand on... Do you have a preference right now? I had a preference before this week, but I'm not sure anymore. I want the one with the pretty weapons. <laughs> yeah, I think I lean a little bit more towards the gilded style look, but I don't think I'd be disappointed with either. They both look pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we could... Because, I mean, if you like golden stuff, we could probably just get golden guild decorations and set up, like, our own houses and stuff in the new, in the other guild hall. I, yeah, I just can't wait to see what people do with that. I want people to push the system and see how far they can push it. It, I, realistically, I think it's going to boil down to the people that want, like, the big expansive space or the ones that want the most efficient space. Oh yeah, apparently uh I was talking about this a little bit on the stream that uh the gilded hollow is the services are a little bit more central and organized in Lost Precipice they're a little bit more spread out. Um so I've been hearing things about that from guildmates who are accusing me of not wanting my services close together. Hunter. Why would you not want your services close together? Uh well he was I don't know, he was just joking cuz I I was pretty firmly set on Gilded Hollow before and then they were kind of selling me on Lost Precipice this week because the open sky and all the gliding and stuff so I don't know we can go with the precipice for like two weeks or whatever 
get the stuff out of it for all the people that want it, and then we can change to Gilbert Hollow. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, arenas looked cool. They, uh, by the way, you can get a guild arena. It's the same size in both guild halls, but they're working on a bigger one. Holds up to 80 people on three different teams and an invulnerable team, which can just be in there doing anything they want and they can't be killed. Um, the, they showed off the traps and stuff for guild arenas. And they also, it was supposed to take two months to build that completely, but they made it so if you're really pursuing guild arenas, it'll only take you two weeks to get it. Um, and that works off PvE gear currently, to the best of my knowledge. So, World v. World uh, style combat. Mm -hmm. But PvP style is also highly requested. I don't know if that's going to be a thing, but a lot of people are asking for it. Um, yeah, so, there's some... Yeah, that was... It was cool. I don't know how much we'll do with it. We're not, like, a really PvP-centric guild. Um, there's definitely a lot more people interested in it, since Stronghold is coming out. But yeah, I don't know, it's just another cool thing that they showed off, and I'm excited to have one, whether we use it a lot or not. I can I, think of some cool things we can do in there. In Guild Wars 1, I spent a lot of time dueling people in the guild hall, and I'm kind of happy that that can be a thing again. Just in general, I'm just happy that guild halls are back. That like social thing was so central in Guild Wars. Alright, well, uh, was there a cast cast that you wanted to do other than our own personal one? Uh, Pinkton in LA is October 17th. We're going to be there. We're not volunteering, but we're going to be there. There are some fantastic people. You can make donations and win a- I forgot to say cast cast! Ah, I'm doing it all wrong! Hello and welcome to cast cast, the podcast within the podcast, but the cast of other podcasts, uh, this week on cast cast within the cast cast since I already started. Um... Yeah, there's if you donate $10 on their website, you can be selected to win awesome prizes like being written into a novel. Um, I think they're giving away some mice and mouse mice pads. Meesen? Mouses. Yes, moosen. Um, <laughs> pink Day swag. Just general stuff. That's going to be happening in Lion's Arch, surprisingly. I know Pink Day in Lion's Arch doesn't sound like it would be happening in Lion's Arch, but you might be surprised. Um, they always have fantastic games and stuff, so come join us on the 17th. I'm pretty sure it's a Saturday. Don't quote me on that, though, because I live in it another time zone. Cool. Uh, they always do a fantastic radio show, too. So, come hang out with us, or don't hang out with us. Hang out with your friend, dye your armor ping. Have a grand old time. Sadly, I won't be there, because I'll be at a conference. But I will be there, not necessarily in spirit, but in other Near spirit. Things. We can dance together. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think that is everything. So... Yeah, this this expansion is coming up in three weeks. Actually, a little bit less than three weeks now. Ah! It's Sunday. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, thanks for sticking with us, and we will be back next week. Boop, boop. This has been another episode of Relics of War. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofwar.com, email us at relicsofwar at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.